all have mountains in our lives that throw us into times of uncertainty. But God's word tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When we face these mountains, we can find peace and assurance in remembering who God is. He is loving. He is good. He is faithful. Well, good morning, Calvary Church family. Come on, are you glad to be in God's house today? Man, it is so good to see you guys and all the folks online. Big handful of folks online. Come on, the online audience out there. And uh, we're glad you're with us today. I was looking forward to snow today. I'm not sure what happened on that. I didn't see, do you guys see snow out there? I was hoping for snow. Hey, a couple things real fast. Remember, smart people do what? They take notes. So be sure you have your notes out. Also, the Uversion app on your cell phone has the notes, and the Calvary Church app has the notes as well. So lots of ways to take notes because who wants to be smart? Put your hand up high. Yeah, that's me. And so take notes. Also, in the four years today, and we'll get this out there as well, there's these tall boxes with the uh, the paper for writing on here, it says God's got, and it has a blank. And the idea is, is that God has, and you're going to write down there what God has, your family. You know, God has my finances. God's got my, my home sale. God has my new job. Uh, God's got my kids. We hope God has my kids. God has my marriage. God has the Chicago Bears. I mean, God has all that. And so we want you to take time today and put this as a priority. Go out there and write on the piece of paper what you're believing that God has, okay? Now, notice this. This is designed for short to tall people. The short people right down here, and the tall folks are up here. I don't want to see short folks holding people up to right up here. This is my section. This is your section, okay? Because I can't bend down there is the real issue. So be sure to fill these out. And then at the end of the series, we're going to put all the boxes up front. We're going to pray over them because I believe in the power of the spoken and the written word that God can work on our behalf. The Bible says to make your petition known to God. And so do this for me today as you go out. We'll have these the entire month coming up. And then the very last week, we will have these for you. Also, I got some cool God's got this paraphernalia going on up here. You know, God's got this situation. And we have a few more of these. They almost sold out today. So stop out there. And they do have shirts for big people like me. So if you're big like I am, we got you covered, okay? Everybody say, God's got this. So today's a bit of a shift from last week. And I told you, I'm going to kind of show you how I pastor uh, in these first few sermons together with you. And so today, I'm going to kind of turn the, the wheel a bit. Last week, I asked you to go to work. Everybody said go to work. And I talked about investing your time, your talent, your treasure, and your, come on, say your time, your That's just terrible. All right, there's four T's. Make it simple for you. They are time, talent, treasure, and testimony. Let's say it out loud together like your life counts on it. One, two, three. Time, talent, testimony. What was so hard about that? See, if you'll just kind of get moving, this will be a whole lot simpler for all of us today. Now, today, I'm going to kind of pivot back this way. 
and talk about your soul, about the struggles in life. Because I believe you can build better when your soul's better. And the church is work, and we're going to work, but the church is also a place in which God can heal the broken parts of your life. And every one of us have brokenness in our life. All of us have good days. All of us have bad days. All of us have successes. All of us have failures. All of us have difficulty. Jesus said, in this life, you will have what? Tribulation. He said, you're going to face it. I know you're thinking, Marty, that's not a very positive message. We're looking for more of an uplifting pastor who can always say nice things and make us feel good about ourselves, and we want more positivity. Okay, I'll try it this way. I am positive you're going to face tribulation in this life. <laughs> Is that more positive for you? But don't be discouraged. Jesus overcame it, and in him we can too. We serve a God who has everything under control. And I today, here's my sermon topic, God's got the mountains. God has them under his control today. No matter what you face, God's in charge and we serve a good God. Can I get an amen this morning? We serve that kind of a God today. We talked about this last week, God's sovereignty, his omnipotence. I believe in that. And that brings up a crisis for us as people because we tend to look at all the things around us and we go, hey, if, if God's in charge of everything, then why are there bad things? If God has everything within his power, then how come I prayed and someone didn't get healed? How come I asked God for a better job and I haven't received that yet? And I can tell you those are all very legit questions and all of us have those. I, I've prayed for things that didn't happen the way I thought they should happen. I've been there. I've, I've petitioned God, I've called upon God, and I've said, God, do this, and nothing happened. Does that mean he's any less God, he's any less in control? The answer is no. And the goal today is for us to get a more heaven point of view and not so much an earth point of view because heaven sees stuff different than we do. You ever been flying in an airplane over a mountain range and thought to yourself, man, it looks awful small down there. And then when you're down on the earth looking up, you're thinking, man, that's huge. Well, the difference is the point of view. It's the same mountain. It's just how we see it. So maybe today your mountain or maybe your difficulty, your, maybe you're in the, the fire of life. We call the terms fire or maybe the storm of life. Man, I'm in a storm in my marriage. I'm in a storm with my kids. I'm in a, in, a, in a fire with my job. I'm in a mountain situation with my finances. And we use those terms to talk about the difference in how we see ourselves and the things around us. When I said that I'm in front of a mountain, I don't mean a literal mountain. I'm saying that compared to my ability, what's in front of me is huge. I'm in the fire of life. I don't mean a literal fire. I just feel the heat and the pressure. I'm going through a storm in my marriage. I don't mean like it's actually raining inside the house. I mean, she may be throwing stuff, no doubt. But listen, what I'm talking about is there's some turbulence in my life today. And so the idea is for all of us to realize no matter what we're facing, we have a God who has the mountains covered in our life. Everybody say, God has. Come on, say, God has. The mountains covered in my life. In the scripture, we see this. Zechariah chapter 4 talks about this. It says, oh, mountain, who are you? You will become a great plain. Talking about the power of the Spirit of God. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus talks about mustard seeds and mountains. 
And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he says, and you speak to that mountain, it'll be thrown into the sea. Now, the picture there is not like a superhero taking the mountain and going, and throwing it. The picture is the comparison of the smallness of the seed versus the vastness of the mountain, and that's the power of faith. Faith is so strong that even in the smallest form, it can overcome the biggest obstacle. And today, you may be looking at a very difficult situation, and I want to tell you this by faith and trust in the Word of God, that God has everything under His control because Scripture gives us complete assurance that the mountains in life can and will be overtaken if you do it the right way. Here's some thoughts for you for your notes today. We face our mountains best when we understand that God is not the source, but God is the solution. God didn't do this, but he'll help you through this. God didn't put it there, but God will take you over it. We look at this from this angle as well. It's important that we have a biblical point of view of God before we hit tough times, not after. And that's why we are here as a church to help people come to know God from a biblical point of view. Everybody say biblical point of view. Not a social one, not a Facebook one. Well, I was reading on Facebook last night. Well, there's your first problem. He's on Facebook last night. You should have went to bed. There's a lot more benefit from sleeping than reading Facebook, I promise you. And so-and-so said that God was this or this. If it's not in the Bible, it's not God. It's not true. We want to give you a biblical or theological view of God, not a cultural one, not a social one, not a uh, politically correct one, but an actual biblical view of God. Who would like to have a biblical view of God today? Put your hand up high. Okay, that's where I'm at. And that's why we have a church, to understand what, who God really is. So we know this because if I don't have that, if I don't have it before I hit the mountain, when I hit the mountain, I'll have an emotional or a situational view of God. And I can tell you, our ways aren't his ways. He doesn't think like me, and we can never use the phrase, well, if I was God, this is what I would do. I'm sure glad you're not God. If I have an emotional view of God that's reasoned by my emotions, and remember the sin nature, all of us have one, our desire is to be like God, which means our words equal to his. That's what that desire and drive really is. If I don't have a biblical view of God before I hit the tough times in life, then I may lose track of where God is during tough times. And all of us face difficulty. And the goal today is to help all of us shift in our thoughts about difficult times and begin to see God for who he really is and know that no matter what you're facing, God's got this all under his control. The scripture affirms to us that God himself is not the author of evil. Look at this. James chapter 1, God cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone else by evil. 1 John chapter 1. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. He is light. He's always light. 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion. So I know this stuff, and based upon these verses, I have to know there's no way possible that God himself can be the author of the mountain I face. But I do know this, God can use the mountain I face for both my good and for his glory. God can take the most difficult things in life 
and turn them for your good and for his glory. Who would like to let God today turn the difficulty you face into something for your good and for his glory? Put your hand up high and say, that's me. That's where I'm at. I want God to work through my difficult times. Now, when I think about this, when I go through bad times, not if I go, but when I go, I never have to ask, where was God? Why weren't you here? Yet we know that Jesus was asked that question by one of his own friends, Martha. You know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? Jesus shows up a few days late. He gets there, and Martha walks out, and I think she was kind of indignant. She probably adjusted herself there in her robe and such and said, um, if you'd have been here, he'd be alive. And she probably had that look like all husbands have seen in their lifetime. That look that needs no words, just that look. If you had been here, he'd be alive. Now what's crazy is, she didn't realize she was talking to the resurrection power in front of her. She was focused on what had happened and had her eyes off of who could fix and solve the problem. She was talking to the resurrection. So think of it this way. He shows up, he delayed himself on purpose, but he used it for their good and for his glory. No matter what you face in your life, God is able to use difficult times in life. And here's what we got to realize. Once we resolve the things about God that we know, then we can position ourselves toward God in such a way that when we go through difficult times, we draw closer to God and not farther away. All of us probably know somebody in our life who went through a difficult time. And out of the difficulty, they walked away from God, not closer to God. We all know someone. And maybe in your life, you've had a struggle too, in which you thought, man, if this is what it's all about, I don't know about this stuff because I thought God did this. I thought God would do that. And this don't really make sense to me because this is going on. Where is God? And so today, hear me, you never again have to ask the question, where was God? Because God is omnipresent. He has promised never leave us nor forsake us. He is always going to be there. Even if I don't see God, it doesn't mean God's absent. But I will tell you this, heaven views difficulty different than we do. Our view is different than God's view. And the goal today is to get our life more in line with God's view than with our view. Look at this in Matthew 16. This is Jesus and the disciples talking and a guy named Peter, he does a real good job for us all to look at today. Verse 21. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell the disciples plainly. Everybody say plainly. plainly. That means he explained it to them. He, he just put it out there plain, okay? That it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and teachers of religious law, and he would be killed. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? I'm going to go. I'm going to suffer, and they're going to kill me. The disciples are looking at me like, what? This is not any good. And then it says, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. That's important. But Peter took him aside. Now, this is amazing here. I love this. Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. I don't recommend reprimanding Jesus. Just saying. It says, heaven forbid, Lord, 
This will never happen to you. So right here we see in these short two verses the idea that as Peter is rebuffing Jesus, reprimanding him, that heaven and earth have a complete different view on suffering and difficulty and mountains and fires and storms. And we can look at things like this is the end and God goes, this is the beginning. This is where it all starts. And no matter where you're at today, no matter what storm you're in right now, what mountain you face, what fire you feel, you can leave today with assurance that God is for you, not against you, and God has this all under his control. Can I get an amen today? He does. He has it. Now, the scripture shows us that Jesus experienced the pressure of life, difficulty, pains, Normal human stuff. Jesus was weary. He was thirsty. He was in distress. He had grief. He had a troubled heart. He was misunderstood by his family and friends. He was rejected by those who were closest to him. He cried out with loud cries. Jesus himself went through difficulty, suffering, and pain, yet kept his faith and trust in the Father. He did that all. And we see that as a great example. Here's one for you. Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. You think you have temptation? We can't overcome Oreos. <laughs> Jesus was faced with the real Lucifer, the real tempter, the real devil, not just some, some down-the-line demon, but the real the real devil. And Jesus came out victorious. See, the goal today is to let what God or what you're thinking God's using against you to begin to see that God can use it for you and that God's on your side and God loves you just where you are today. Look at this in Psalm 34. There's times in life which we want to where God is. Psalm 34 kind of answers it for us. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them from their troubles. Verse 18, the Lord is near to those who have a what? A broken heart. Now let me pause this for a second because the broken heart here is not just a sad heart or an emotional heart. That's a humble heart. There's times in life which you go through difficulty, you come out more arrogant than you do anything. And the goal is not to get prideful. The goal is to be humble. The goal is not to say, well, yeah. I'll show them what they just did to me. That's a pride for That's a bad place to be because God can't work with that. But the picture here is God comes close to those who have a humble heart and saves such who have a contrite spirit. Excuse me. <clears throat> many are the afflictions. Everybody say many are the afflictions. Come on, say many are the afflictions. Of the who? The who? You mean righteous folks suffer? Righteous families have conflicts? Oh, pastor, your life is easy. Everything's perfect for you. Just take a half hour of my day. All of us go through difficulty. All of us go through suffering. All of us go through sorrow. All of us have moments in life in which we wonder, is God anywhere in the hemisphere? And if you haven't had that yet, you will at some point in your life because it's a human response to difficulty around us. It says, but the Lord, the Lord delivers them out of all those. Let's take verse 19 as a church and let's proclaim this out loud together. You ready? Say yes. 
on the count of three. One, two, three. Many. No, we got to start over. Say it like a proclamation, like your life depends on it. Here we go. One, two, three. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Come on. Come on. He does. Now, let's say it one more time, and when we get to the end, let's shout it as loud as we can, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Yes. God does. The Bible is full of examples of this. Here's one for you. man named Joseph. Book of Genesis. Don't turn, listen close. He was a younger brother, maybe a bit snooty. Hey, guys, look at my cool jacket that dad made for me. Thrown into a pit, left for dead, sold to slavery. Ends up in a significant place in the palace. His brothers show up, and here he sits. He could have revenge. He could get even. But what does he do? He says, guys, and this is the the MSV, the Marty Sloan version. He says, guys, don't panic. What you meant against me, God uses it for me. And God has placed me here to save you. Now, that's perspective. Not revenge, not difficulty. If you have the right point of view about God, you can go through storms and get better instead of being bitter. If you have the right view of God, you can go through difficulty and come out shining on the other side. But here's the difference. It matters in life what substance you're made of before you go into the trial. Let me give you an example. In fire, steel can be bent, molded, and shaped. Paper burns away and floats off. And many people, the reason they float off is because their faith in God is paper thin. Their belief in who God is isn't made of steel. It's not made up on a conviction of who God is. And today, amid all the questions of life, I'm going to encourage you to know that there are some things we don't know, but there's a lot of things we do know about God. And when you go through a difficult time, it's more important what you do know than what you don't know. And if you know who God is, it changes everything when you face difficulty. Here's a thought for you. When I go through trials and troubles in life, the question is not about God's presence. The question is about my position toward God during my troubles. Am I facing the right direction toward the things of God? Do I have a proper view of God? If I do, I can come through difficulty and see God still as a good God. But if my point of view is in a wrong position, and I go through difficult times, and all of us will, then I begin to ask things like, well, does God still love me? Just out of curiosity, who's ever prayed before and felt like nothing got to God? Put your hand up, up high. I want to see. Yeah, my, I have. I've prayed and thought, man, God, are you even listening to me? Can you even hear me today, God? I've been there. And that's part of human nature. So when I look at this, when I know the nature of God, I can know this. I can know he's always with me. He'll never leave me. And he promises that from his word to my life. 
When I go through a difficult time, I never have to, again, ask the question, where was God? So what's our takeaway? Here's a sermon. That's the warm-up. You already say yes. Here it is. You prepare to climb the mountain before you get to it, not while you're on the side of it. Come to church today. This is mountain climbing class 101. You're going to hear things about God today that you can take with you tomorrow and even this evening, and it will change how you face your difficulty. You need to be in church as much as possible because you're going to face mountains in life, and this is mountain climbing class. This is fire prevention. This is storm survival. That's what we do during church. We come and hear about who God is, learn about God, and you face things different once you know who God is. But you got to prepare before you get there. You might say, Marty, my, my life right now, man, I'm just, ah, life is good. That's great. But some things change in life. Just out of curiosity, who has ever faced a storm you didn't see coming? Put your hand up high. Oh, yeah. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that doctor report. Didn't see that relationship. Didn't see that financial situation. Had no idea I was going to get hit with that. Had no clue that was around the corner. But you know who does? God does. And if you'll get ready, God's with you during difficult times. Second thought quickly, my position toward God, watch this close, when, not if bad things happen is a better question. Not where was God, but what's my position toward God? Am I properly aligned toward God for when difficult things happen? Here's what I can tell you today. We will face difficulty, but as believers, we can show that we hold to a different hope during difficulty when we have a proper view of who God is. You're going to face adversity. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face loss. You're going to face tough times. But if you have a proper view of God, you can show people outside your circle that there's something I hold to different because of who my God is. And you'll come through a whole lot better than without God. And you can use your difficult time for his glory and for your good. There's a lot of things I don't know. And more and more, I am comfortable telling folks I don't have an answer. And I've been there. I've been there with grieving mothers over their kids who've passed. I've been there with spouses who have lost a spouse. I've been there. I've been asked the question, where was God? What's God doing? I miss God. Does he not love me anymore? I've had those asking me. And there's so much I can't tell you, but there's some things I can tell you. And today I want you to focus more on what we do know about God and not so much on what we don't know about God. Because God is vast. And to even think I could comprehend God is part of my sin nature. God is so vast. God's everywhere. He's magnificent. He's beautiful. He's glorious. And I'm so limited. But there are some things that I do know about God. And here's the point today. This is the takeaway. There's three things I can tell you about God all day long. First of all, God is good. I know that God is good. I may not be in a good spot. I may not have some good finance. I may not have good health. I may not have a good relationship. But I still know that I serve a good God. 
The Bible tells us this. I love this text right here. This is in uh, 1 Chronicles. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Not he was good, not he will be good, but he is good right now in this moment of my life. Whatever you're facing today, God is good. Facing a mountain, God's good. In a storm, God's good. In the fire of life, God's good. Can't pay your bills, God's good. Health issues, God's good. Family issues, God's good. Situation here, God's good. I know God's good. And I never have to ask myself if a bad thing came from a good God because it's not possible. The second thing I know about God, and I know this and I believe it with all of my heart, I know that God is loving. God is love. In fact, the Bible says if you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. There's times in life you face a difficult situation, a mountain, a storm, a fire. You may ask yourself, does God even love me anymore? I've, I've asked that before in my human nature. God, are you anywhere around here? And I come back to the truth that God is love. He can do nothing short of love me. He, by nature, loves. It's not that he has to work into loving me. It's his very nature. Now, our nature, we look at love through the idea of what I got to work up to to love somebody. God himself, because of his nature, he always loves. I love my kids. I, I love my kids dearly. I will do whatever I can for my kids. If I, being an imperfect, human, sinful-natured father, can love my kids, how much more does my God love me? And you know this. When your kids mess up, you don't love them less, you grieve for them more. I told my kids growing up, if you ever mess up, get to me as quick as you can. The quicker you get to me, the more I can help you. And the, the, the faster you say, Dad, I did something stupid, just out of curiosity, who in this house besides me, you've been present for all your dumb choices. Put your hand up high. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. How do you know that God doesn't stop loving you and do something stupid? When you sin, he don't stop loving you. When you are unloving, God loves you. How many thank God today that no matter where you are, you can have the confidence that God loves you? In fact, the Bible declares nothing high, nothing low, nothing deep, nothing wide, nothing past, nothing present can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There's not a place I can go on the earth and not have God's love. And number three, number one, God is good. Number two, God's loving. And number three, I know that God is faithful. I know that. I know that he's a faithful God. I haven't always had things in my life the way I thought they should be. I've not always had God come through on the time frame I put out for God. But I can tell you this, God's a faithful God. I love this in the scripture. This is in Corinthians 9, or chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God is what? Faithful. Not he was faithful, not he will be faithful, but God is at the very present moment always faithful. And because he's omnipresent and he's omnipotent, his faithfulness is always there too. And this is why this matters. When I go through difficulty, if I can see life through these three things, 
That's how I get a heaven point of view and not an earth point of view. See, when I look up at the mountain, I forget that God's faithful. I forget he's good and I forget he's loving. But if I can get into heaven's point of view and begin to look down upon my difficulty, down upon my storm, down upon my situation, down upon my sickness, down upon my debt, down upon this mountain, that mountain, that situation, I can begin to remind myself that God is a good God and God's a faithful God and God's a loving God. And when I know those three things, it changes everything. But the devil, the enemy, he wants to focus on the questions. Keep questioning God. And I want to tell you today, stop questioning and start confessing what you know to be true about God. Start confessing it every day of your life. I know these things about God. In life, Jesus said it, you're going to have tribulation. Be of good cheer. You're going to make it through. You're not going to die. You're going to overcome because I did. You stay in me, and I'll help you through it. I don't know who's here today, but I have a sense there's some folks with some mountains in front of them right now. Maybe you call it a storm. Maybe you call it the fire. Whatever term you use is fine. But it's something in your life that you need God's help to help you traverse that situation. And today, my goal is that you'll leave here today, those in the house and those online, you will go out today with the confidence, not more questions. God, where were you? Right there, I'm omnipresent. God, you left me. No, I'm faithful. God, you don't love me. No, I'm loving. God, this is bad. You did this. No, I can't do bad. I'm only good. That's all I can do is good. And see the difference it makes in your life? So if you're here and you say, Marty, I'm going through a difficult time. I'm in a storm. I'm in a fire. I see a mountain in front of me. I want you right now across this house to get up on your feet. Come on, move quick. Don't be slow. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. Get up on your feet right now. I'm going to pray for you. Move quick. Move like your life depends on it. Just about all of us. For those of you in the house that life's going good, thank God for that today. But if you hit a bump, don't forget you have a God who turns mountains into plains. He parts the seas and he calms the storms. Look here real fast. You ever been looking at the sunlight real bright and you put your glasses on and everything begin to change for your sunglasses? Let's take these three words, good, loving, and faithful. Let's make them our, our situation glasses. Start looking at God through the lens of his goodness, his faithfulness, and his loving kindness. When you have a question, prophesy yourself the reminder of who God is. Instead of sitting back going, God, where are you? Say, God, you're always with me. God, you don't love me. God, you do love me. God, you've left me. God, you're faithful. It's just how you, how you face it. It's how you see the thing. Get a heaven point of view, not an earth point of view. Begin to prophesy to yourself, I am sick in body. God, you're faithful. I got a miracle in my face. God, you're, 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 you're with me. God, I need this situation. God, you're ever there. God, you are, you're good in all things. Begin to prophesy to yourself those things and watch everything begin to change about your life. 
because that's who God is. And when I know the nature of God, I never have to ask myself again, where were you? Why didn't you come through? I know he's got this mountain under his control. Can I pray for you today across this place? As I pray over you, I want you to see the mountain you're talking about. See the difficulty in your mind's eye. Father, I thank you today that you're the God of every mountain, every storm, every difficulty, every fiery furnace. And God, today we claim and call upon the promises of who you are in your word today. You're a good God. You're a loving God. You're a faithful God. And this is true. And we know this by faith. God, there's much we don't know, but this we do know, that you're a good God. You're a loving Father. And you're a faithful God. And no matter what we face in this life, we can hold to those three things as the stakes that keep us through the storms of life. And God, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. Come on, just real low, say God is good. Come on, say God is loving. Say God is faithful. Now let it build, God is good. God is loving. God is faithful. Come on, let it build, God is good. God is loving. God is faithful. Come on, let it build. God is good. God is loving. God is faithful. Come on, say church. God is good. God is loving. God is faithful. Come on, give God praise today. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. He's always with us. Come to your feet across the entire house. Everybody, please, in just a moment's time, we're going to get you out of here. Don't worry about that. I don't have a second part of my sermon, don't worry. This week, when you face something, tell yourself, prophesy to yourself, proclaim to yourself, God's good, God's loving, God's faithful. God's good, God's loving, God's faithful. God's good, come on, God's loving, God's faithful. God's good, God's loving. God's faith. Come on. God's good. God's loving. God's faith. Come on. God's good. God's loving. God's faithful. Come on. Give God praise today. He's a good God. You know, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, right? David, David pumped himself up on who God is. When you wake up tomorrow, look in the mirror and say, God's good. Look in the mirror and say, God's loving. And say, God's faithful. Do that all the day. And when you face a reminder of the difficulty, get your checkbook out and say, God's good. Get that doctor report out and say, God's faithful. Take that family crisis and go, God's loving. Begin to proclaim over your life, I believe in the power of the spoken word over your life. Declare it by faith. Believe it by faith. I never know who's here, but if you're here, you say, Marty, I'm not sure if I died tonight, I'd make it to heaven. The next few moments here are just for you, and this is the most important part of our entire day right here. Jesus gave his life for you and for me, and God made a plan to redeem you back to him. Through the power of the cross, Jesus gave everything so you could have eternal hope in Christ. You could go to heaven when you leave this life. All of us know somebody who's left this life. And all of us at some point will leave this earth. You know that. Don't go home without that confidence, okay? 
We're gonna pray a prayer of faith together as a church. And if you have any doubts at all, pray this prayer and believe in your heart and receive the free gift of salvation. Y'all ready to pray? Say yes. Come on, say Father God. Come on, say Father God. I thank you for sending Jesus to be my savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I am a sinner in need of a savior. And I confess today that you are the risen son of God, my savior and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand for saving grace today, God. He's a good God. Yes, he is. If you prayed that prayer today to recommit your life or maybe for a first time, just so I can begin to pray for you, would you put your hand up high so I can see who you are? Just put up as high as you can, just real fast. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Two, four, six, eight. Come on, yeah, keep your hand up high. Keep your hand up high. 10, 11, come on, keep your hand up high. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Come on, keep your hand up high. Yeah, 23. Anybody else? Come on, let's give God a praise today for 23 hands. I may have missed some, but come on, God knows. Pastor Jason, come here real fast. If your hand was up, when the folks all go that way, I want you to come up here for just a second. Meet this guy right here, this handsome looking guy. And tell him who you are, and we want to get you on the next step in your faith walk with Christ. God has a plan for your life. And so when everybody goes that way, just, just give us a minute of your time. It won't take too long, I promise you that. When the folks go that way, you come this way. Folks, if you're going that way, you see a guy come this way, part the water for him. Don't get in their way. Let them come to meet Pastor Jason and hear about the next step God has for him, okay? Let's just thank God one more time for 23-plus hands today. Come on, we thank God for that. If you want communion after service today or any service or prayer for your life, go out these doors to my right. We're happy to serve you today. Holy Communion, we're there to do that for you. Thank you for making this your church. Can I bless you guys today? Can I bless you? Put your hand up high while I got your hand up high. Don't forget Wednesday night and don't miss next weekend, okay? You gotta be here Sunday next week. Cancel vacation, cancel parties, cancel cruises, cancel, no, no, don't even have a baby. Be here next weekend. You gotta be here for that, okay? May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love shine around you. May his grace flow through you. And may never forget that God's a good God and that God's got the mountains, okay? Y'all been a great crowd. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.